just when you thought you could get a break for winter, it is almost time, if not time, to start your spring seedlings. And we're going to tell you how to start your seedlings for the first batch of 2022, right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your hosts, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. Tell me you've started seeds, Batavia. I've started seeds, Batavia. Perfectly answered. (laughs) Yeah, it's um, starting seeds. So this is going to kick off a series of starting seeds, and we're going to break it down into sections so it's easily digestible. Because spring seeds and what we'll call summer seeds, I'm I'm throwing up air quotes in case you can't see me because you can't, (laughs) but you know, um, they're they're completely different. And so there's different tactics and different things to think about. And this is going to kind of set us into what I'm hoping, and I'm going to speak for Batavia, hopefully what she hopes to help you be more successful with starting seeds, wouldn't you say? Yes, I'd say. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, your answers are interesting this year. Still new year, new me, remember. Still. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so... Starting spring seeds, what are we referring to when we say that? I'm referring to primarily cool weather crops, Mm -hmm. um, which are the things I'm going to be growing in my garden in the spring. Um, So for me, temperatures in the spring are generally above freezing, right? But it's not kind of all crazy. We're not like getting 80 degree weather. Um, So it absolutely is still cooler weather for me in spring. Right. And these seedlings will be able to withstand light freezes as well. And and as we've said before, prefer them. So and we're talking about your um, we're not even going to go crazy with like brassicas and stuff like that, like lettuce, kale, you know, stuff like that. Your greens, your um, broccolis, stuff like that. So um, I, I honestly think I know in my area, a lot of these are overlooked by some gardeners because you know they can be like in the south they can be difficult to grow because what we think of when to put seeds in the ground and when they should actually be put in the ground are two totally different things mm-hmm. and a so good a lot ref- of time uh-oh go ahead a good reference to yeah. that is um what's in my stores is limited so some of my stores that would normally shop in in the summer don't even have like transplants and again we're talking about seedlings here but i want to kind of draw the connection to what you're saying with you know folks really aren't ready to put things in the ground Um, i think cabbage broccoli collards i think like that's all i saw in the stores last spring yeah and, and that's a good indication too, though. Late winter, I'm, I'm thinking like March going into. I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna call it March, right? right. You know, because April things get kind of hinky, and it's like that's a tomato plant. Come on, folks. But anyway, um, yeah. But there's much, so much, much more. Well, let's let's start off like this. What are you starting for your spring garden? Um, so all of the green things, um, 
Now, there is the distinction between what I'm starting indoors, which is what I want to focus on, what we're focusing on, versus yes. those things I'm direct sowing. Um, so I'm going to do broccoli. I really want, I've had one year of success with broccoli, and I've really been thinking about the things that um, will preserve, like things I can throw in the freezer, things that I enjoy, I want to add to multiple meals during the week. And so I'm going to get bullish and say, I'm going to double, if not triple up on broccoli. So broccoli, I'm to do some cabbage, uh, starting them indoors. Of course, I'm going to try collards again this year. Uh, kale. So a lot of leafy greens, definitely doing lettuce because it worked last year. I'm actually going to start in a container that will ultimately the whole container will go outside. I'm going to start carrots indoors as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's not, I'm not transplanting the carrots. I'm going to sow the seeds indoors in the container they will ultimately live in and take the whole container out when it's time to kind of air quote transplant. So that's your fullest. I mean, I guess it's off the top of my head. Come on. New year, new me isn't any more organized than all year long me. So here's my exact list of what I'm starting inside. Mm -hmm. Collards, lettuce, kale, cauliflower, broccoli, chard, um, cabbage, of multiple types, kohlrabi, and then maybe turnips, maybe. I'm not totally sure on that. And I'm actually going to give spinach a go at indoors as well. So that's a pretty um, comprehensive list. And what that does is that covers all of the different families for all the stuff. So you know what I mean? I'm going to see that list and I'll add to mine um, chard. I think that's the only thing that you said that I planned on or maybe hadn't thought of growing inside, starting inside that I, I think it's a good idea. Uh, my chard yeah. was pretty slow to, to take off in the spring last year. Um, I tried spinach last year and I think it's just one of those things that you know, this is where I balance how much space and time I want to spend doing indoors versus how many things I want to direct So. And almost everything you named, um, question mark around turnips, which I know you have a question mark, maybe not for the same reason. Like, I feel like it'd be successful starting indoors and going out. Um, but I want to minimize the amount of work I have to do with, with the whole nurturing them and transplanting them versus just letting nature do its thing once I direct. So that's my story right. today. So. We'll stick to it. <laughs> I didn't say that. I mean, damn. I just yeah. said it's my story. So, I mean, and, and so what that does is that kind of sets us up for, and for me in my garden, that's my first batch of seedlings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then after a certain amount of time, then we'll move on to your your other stuff like tomatoes mm-hmm. and peppers and stuff like that. Yeah. But they're completely different beasts when it comes to starting seeds. And I know we, uh, Batavia and I were having some, we were talking, I believe it was yesterday, and she was like, well, I have a couple questions about, you know, this, that and the other. And it kind of it made sense to kind of break this one subject apart into multiple ones, because a lot of times like my problem is I've been doing it so long that I take for granted what, you know, some people may or may not know are some questions that people have. Mm-hmm. So it's good that we're both on different spectrums. And I mean, your seed starting capabilities are coming along amazing, mm-hmm. except for kale. But we won't mm-hmm. talk about yeah. that right now. And to be quite frank, 
I mean, any of the brassicas, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a big part of what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and it all starts with your, you know, you've got to have a good foundation in order to start your seeds. So that means you need to have a good soil mix to do it. And that means it needs to hold moisture. It needs to be fine, stuff like that, because you have to imagine this is going to go across the board for everything that we talk about for the next, you know, period of time. But those roots, when they come out of that seed, are so fine that you don't want them to impede and have to find their way through all of the junk and stuff like that that comes into these pre-bag mixes that we buy. So um, you can buy a mix, you can make a mix, whatever it is, just make sure that you sift through it a little bit and get those big chunks like bark and stuff like that out of there. Mm -hmm. And then that'll give you a good base to start off with. And then when we get to the recipe of the day, maybe I'll give you my soil recipe again, (laughs) but it'll give you a good way to kind of get it going. So, um, so what do we do? And so just a note, I have had, so we're going into year three for me, just, you know, for those that are new here that haven't listened to every single episode, I guess you could be old here and still not listen to every single episode. So anyway, I started sowing seeds indoors in 2020. Uh, so I had 2020's year and I did try to sow, although I didn't have a real spring garden then, the I still tried to sow a lot of these vegetables indoors. And then I, um, I did seed sowing in 2022. And what's been consistent has been the trouble that I've had with kind of plants in the brassica family and it just it's not it's not very logical to me right so no real trouble at all with my summer seedlings um your lettuces and things they've been fine i've had better luck starting carrots again indoors than i did outside um but i can't i still haven't cracked the nut um i have had some successes but very few so we've tried a couple of things, different things, you and I, when it comes to, you know, troubleshooting what's happening with mine. Um, and we'll probably continue that throughout this year. But I'm still going to go with what I believe to work when it comes to what I'm how I'm starting. Um, for me, it is, you know, I'm actually because I have a few bags left. I'm going to and these are the first seedlings that I'm sowing. Um, I'm starting with a bag mix. Um, I, because it worked for me generally in 2020, I added some boiled water to that bag mix. Um, and you confirm that that should help with fungus gnats, which I'd prefer not to have if I can help it. Um, so I'm going to pause there because I think your starting point is different than mine. For starting seeds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my, my starting point is getting organized. Oh, you're going all the way back there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, it's not, it doesn't need to be a long drawn out discussion about it. But for me, my problem in the past was I would get, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to start seeds today. And then I'd go out there and I would be like, okay, well now I need to go get this and go get that. And it became, you know, a 20 minute job became an hour and a half job and it just got really off putting. So yeah, that was my biggest thing was just, you know, if I'm going to start seeds, I I come up with a plan of how much I'm starting, how much I'm planting, how much I want to grow. And then I can go through there. You know, I get six pack cells. Um, You can use Pete, Pete Dealey's, uh, the Pete pellets, excuse me. 
Um, you can put them in pots. I used to use yogurt containers back in the day. I did all kinds of stuff. So, you know, there's all these different options. Just It depends on your space requirements. And if you go back to last week's episode, we kind of talk about that with grow lights. Was that last week? It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we kind of talk about space and stuff like that. And then, you know, we go into um, soils. Now, I have fungus gnats every year. So I don't really worry about them too much. I just try to manage them. Does that make sense? It does. And if we're going to go back, I guess, if we're going to go back to the beginning of the beginning, you know, on day one. <laughs> um, so you're looking at the calendar. I am to say, when do I expect these to go outside? And yeah. so I'm working my way backwards from that to determine my calendar for or my schedule for starting seeds, because all of the things I listed in my this is what you know, I'm starting for spring. They won't necessarily be started at the same time. Yeah. No, no. And the other thing to realize, too, is, you know, my last frost date is April 15th and I get these out into the ground around February 15th mm-hmm. or I start hardening them off in February 15th. So you see how much far forward I am of my last frost date. Yeah. And that's really important to remember because, you know, in the past I've made the big mistake of hey, I want to grow broccoli. I'm going to put it out on April 15th after the last frost date. And then it's just bolting by the time it goes to head up. Yeah. So by getting them out earlier, you can get those heads formed and they're not like loose or starting to bolt or anything like that. Yeah, that's the hope, so, right? Because there's that is the hope. still a question mark. And I don't want to fast forward too much. There's still a question mark around how cold is too cold to, you know, how, What's what are these temperatures that are actually going to promote growth versus a plant is just staying alive? And that's the part right. that I'm still struggling to figure out. Yeah. And luckily, like my state on the um, extension service, I have a guidance about that and I take that guidance and then I add a week or two mm-hmm. on, you know, so it says I can put some I mean, it says I can plant some stuff February 1st. So February 15th is my hard off hardening off date. Mm-hmm. And so if I put it in then then it's starting to grow. It gets comfortable February 15th. You know, by a week or two after that, it's comfortable. It's now setting its roots. You know, we've managed some cold. We're starting to warm up. So by the time it's April 15th, in theory, we've had about six weeks of actual growth occurring. Whereas if you just look at it as like, hey, this is my last frost date. It's time to plant. You're already behind the curve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's kind of where... You know, that's the thought process behind it. And that's what makes these plants so much different than our summer plants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So what? let's do this. Let's go to our break. And then when we come back, we're going to break down starting seeds. And I'll go over my process. And I'm sure Batavia's process is probably different, too. And then we'll kind of, you know, unhash whatever unfolds throughout the episode. So uh, we'll be right back after this break. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. We want everybody to have a garden and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck. Okay, so 
now that we have decided that, and hopefully you agree with us, that you need to plant these plants out earlier, where are we going to, let's start with the actual process. So Batavia, what do you use for a seed mix and how do you get it, you know, get things planted in it? So I am going to be doing three different things this year. Um, I knew you I, would be doing something like that. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I am <laughs> one. <laughs> I am one going to finish off the two or three bags I have of your regular seed mixture like that you purchase. Those bags are like four, almost five bucks. So I have them. I don't plan on purchasing more. Um, it's mm-hmm. very light and fluffy, not a lot of nutrients in it. It's designed so I can ultimately pot up and, you know, kind of feed those plants, yada, yada, yada. So that's one. Second thing is, you know, once I've, I'm run out, I've run out of that, I am going to, and this may not be in exact order. I'm, I brought in a bunch of bags of potting mix, regular potting mix. And we've, t- you and I have talked about this on the show. Um, cause I have had some success with that. So I'm going to be using that. And then if I can get into my garage, the third option is going to be my dear friend Ben's seat starting mixture. You're going to love it. Once you do it, you'll yeah. never go back. Yeah. I still haven't figured so, yeah, out did. the, where I'm mixing it, where I'm storing it, because I really right. do in my mind want to create a big batch. It's not required, but that's how my mind works. Um, so yeah, I created a big batch and it's all about just getting the right container. So mm-hmm. I've done exactly what you've done before. Um, last year I tested out for the final time using a potting mix and it was horrible. I had really bad germination. It just didn't work out for me. I would have to sift out way too much. I wasn't pleased with it. I know there's people that use it and I could have just bought the wrong potting mix. I'm sure I did, but I, there was too many chunks of stuff in there and I just lost it. But the big problem I've had in the past with um, starting seeds is when I put the seed in, I'll go back and I'll water. And what that ends up doing is it buries the seed deeper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's a big problem I've had where, and then I'll go through and I'll be like, Oh, well, such and such isn't germinating. And I'll start digging around. Like I use, um, one of my number one tools I use for starting seeds is a chopstick (laughs) and I'll take a chopstick and I'll start digging around and I'll see that for instance, like my broccoli seed has sprouted, but it's now a half inch under the dirt and it's never going to make it. So what I've started doing is I take, and a lot of these seed mixes are all the same. They don't, they hold water great, but you have to get them to take water first before you add the seed. Does that make sense? I think so. So what I do is I have a little bucket and I fill up my seed mix, whatever I'm using, and then I put water in it and let it absorb it. And then I put that in the pot. So now it's already wet, right? And so I'll make all of my pots and then I take and I put all of my seed starting mix in that's already wet and I get it all nice and even and flat. And then I water it again, overhead water before I put a seed in it. Mm-hmm. And then I can just add my seed to it. And my process make is sense? different. It does make sense. Um, so I basically bottom water almost exclusively when starting. This is the first time. Mm-hmm. This is the very first time before there's even a seed in. So you do bottom water then? Oh no. So 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 if you go back to number 1, my seed mixture is already damp. Right? So I'll put yes. kind of that damp soil 
or mixture into my seed starting um, blocks. As you described, smooth it out, right? And then I'm placing the seed into it. I'm no water's touching. No water will touch the top of the soil from my pour, from my hand, right? So I put that seed in, depending on how small or big, I may be, you know, poking a hole in and putting it in. All in all, the soil, there's soil that's covering the seed. And then I take those containers and I put it into like a larger, I call everything plastic kind of Tupperware container that has water in it and I let it sit and I go on to my next task. You know, and yeah. so I'll come back and I'll see that soil is completely damp. You can, I mean, you know what <clears throat> damp soil, completely almost soaked. I'm, I'm stopping short of saying soaked soil. And yeah, that's mine is first. usually soggy and I have yeah. to let it drain. Yeah. And I mean, and last year when I started my peppers, I'd noticed I had bad problems with overwatering and they were just all getting buried too deep. I had mm-hmm. really bad germination rates and I believe that was the problem. So this is... I, and I'm, I, don't, I stopped short of saying this statement, but I think that I've come to my final method of starting seeds now. Like I've, I finally, after seven years of starting seeds, like I get it, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm starting to understand it. And what, you know, you, you want to put the seed about twice as deep as the diameter of the seed. So if you look at a broccoli seed, that's not very deep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same with a lettuce seed. A lettuce seed is, I mean, you barely scratch the surface and put that under. Yeah. So, so that's very important too. And it, you don't have to get out your, you know, your calipers and measure, but you need <laughs> to be very aware of that. But to that point, um, and I'm just going to speak on this generally, and I kind of hinted at it. There's some, some of them that I, you know, I'll use a, like a Sharpie as my whole poker, right? You know, so I'm actually making a hole in that seed block to put the seed in and in some cases I'm just collapsing the soil around it to you know kind of bury the seed in other cases I'm putting some additional soil on top of it but when we get to those smaller finer uh, uh, seeds that's a little bit different I kind of play that by ear right so it may be a more kind of broadcasting um, which actually brings me to a question for you broadcasting of the seeds and just seeing what germinates Um, so you know I've been stint my question is coming up I've been stingy with seeds which you know (laughs) it is not worked out well for me and I'm not even going to commit to me not being stingy anymore Um, so some of these seeds if I have a bunch I'll do multiple seeds in one sale others I'll do single seeds right and obviously the multiple for me in most cases is to see if you know which if both germinate and then which is the healthiest but I almost always end up if both germinating I end up you know separating them and you know moving the second seedling to something else to another pot which is a pain in the ass you know but it's kind of it's hard for me just to toss the seedling so do you is it a single seed per cell block or do you do so yeah um usually what i do is if the seeds really fresh like i just bought Mm -hmm. them or something or i just harvested them and i've done my germination test and i know that like i'm fairly confident that they're going to germinate then what I'll do is I'll put in, I'd say probably two seeds. Mm-hmm. And then if they're not, they're like older seeds, I'll put in three, maybe four. Mm-hmm. And that just ensures that. So, and to kind of jump ahead a little bit, well, no, we're just going to leave that right there. We're going to put a pin in the rest of that statement that you made. I have something we're, to add, but are we putting a pin in it? Are you, yeah, we're going to put a pin okay. in it. We're going to go in order. 
so we're not going to jump everywhere. But um, so once we do that and we get our seeds in and they're covered, I take and I, I tamp my finger down lightly to make you want good contact with the soil, mm-hmm. right? Um, you don't want to, you know, really get down and start beating on it, but you just give it a little little pat, and then that'll give it that good contact because that's that seed has to get wet and stay wet in order for it to essentially break through and the first roots come out. Mm-hmm. So this is a very non-scientific way to explain this as well, just so you know. Um, so what I do and explain to me how you do it is I take it and then I will cover my trays and then I put them up. And I, you can use bottom heat or you cannot use bottom heat. That I am mixed on that one. I use it because I have it available. It's cheap enough. It's not a, you know, it didn't cost a fortune, so it's not a big deal. Um, and I feel like I keep my house cooler, so I feel like it helps. But I also have stuff germinate without it, so I don't really know. You know, I'm not worried about shaving off two days of growing. Like, it doesn't make a big difference. Yeah, so I don't do any kind of heat um, mats or anything like that. Uh, my model is like try to go the most simple method first and mm-hmm. then, you know, make adjustments, kind of amp up if you need to. Um, and when you say cover and I don't know if that's like cover with something to create darkness or is that like I, I don't do that. I cover with like a plastic top if yeah, I have yeah, one plastic. for the, you know, the tray that I'm, I'm starting those seeds in. Yeah. So. Can I make a suggestion to you and everybody else listening to this? Of course. If you're going to be serious about starting seeds, do yourself a solid favor and make the investment and go. If you go to the Amazon list below um, in our shop, I, I should. And if I don't, it will be there by the time this airs. I'll have all the supplies there. You can get 10 by 20 trays, black trays meant for they're usually meant for um, microgreens and mm-hmm. stuff. Ugh. But you put those in there and then you can put your you can put six six pack cells in there and then you can either one if you really want to you can use like saran wrap to cover it or you can take it another step further which is what I've done this year and I actually purchased the same amount of plastic tops to put on there in order to keep it because what that does this is and this is something I didn't do because I took the stance of you for a long time where Sorry, Shari Dog is pissed right now. Um, where I took and I put, I, I wanted to go easy. And so I went easy and I didn't cover them. And what I found out was before things would really germinate, the soil would dry, dry up. Out, yeah. So what's happened now is because I have all of these tops on there and everything's moist, not only do they germ, I get better germination. But if I have a seed that I don't cover up and it's just laying on top, it germinates as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I can just like take my chopstick again and cover it up with a little bit of soil. So it kind of, if I've seen the benefits of having that. So I think it's like 15 bucks for a set of 10 plastic tops to go over the, the 10 by 20 trays and it works out great. Mm-hmm. And the 10 by 20 trays work out good because then they don't spill out. They're all uniform. So they fit on the shelves good. Mm-hmm. And everything like that, because that kind of stuff really impedes the process is when you're like, oh, well, I have you like you have a whole erector set going on. For me, it just it doesn't work because I'm like, I can't 
I can't juggle all this stuff. Yeah. So again, I, I use the covers that you're recommending. Um, so yeah. I'm, I, I guess thanks for the recommendation for the thing I'm doing. Well, there's other people yeah. than just you listening. Well, it sounds so. like you said you can I make a recommendation for you and others, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and it's it's for all of those reasons. Um, I've I've found that you know that cover isn't going to stay on that. Um, seat tray for the life of it right obviously no. there's only so much room between you know the top um, and i have seen a lot of people use saran wrap um yep. i because i have been able to buy them for a really really reasonable price you know the the black basically in most cases the black um seat tray and the plastic cover the clear plastic mm-hmm. cover the clear plastic cover um I've, I've gone with that and that does speak kind of against what some of my motto is like do it the, the easiest the simplest way um, but i kind of stumbled into that um and it seems to to work well um i absolutely have on occasion so like in year one i probably had some of those seat links start that were kind of naked and it's exactly what you described. It's kind of like everything looks good. And then, you you know, it's another 36 hours before you get back down to your seats. And it's like, oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that did get dry really quickly because you just have to think about how little soil is in the seed uh, starting. What do you call the things? Seed. The seed cell. The seed sale compared to if you were starting something and, you know, direct sowing. It's a lot more soil in anything that you're going to be starting a seed in, you know, outdoors compared to how much seed starting mix you have that that thing is trying to grow in. So that means less soil, quicker to dry out. Now, I take my top off as soon as the majority of the seeds in that tray pop up. I take the top off because another thing that I found is it will start to grow mold on top of the soil. And I've never done anything like cleaning it off or anything. I just take the top off and then it'll dry out and then it'll happen. But what happens when I use the bottom heat? So one thing I've noticed, because this is only my second year using bottom heat and I am sold on it on this aspect is with that top on there, you can see that it creates humidity inside. Mm -hmm. And so that just gives it a much more happy environment for these seeds to kind of get a kickstart. But as soon as the majority of them come up, I pull that off because I, I don't want any light to be impeded. I want them to get all of the light possible mm-hmm. from my seeds. So mold and moss as well. And that kind of like, you know, it's 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 icky. And, you know, you start to question, is the seedling healthy? Um, and I think for I, I think about the same time, um, it's when it comes to when I pull the tops off. One other thing you noted, though, and I, I can't say for certain this really has a positive impact, um, but my house does run warmer than yours. Uh, so Yeah, and I think that's why you have, I know yours does, and I think that's why the bottom heat's not as important for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because yours is, your seeds, you start in a room next to your furnace, right? Well, I have for the last two years, but this year I'm likely going to get further away from the furnace, but the basement still is warmer than probably most yeah so and i mean yeah and exactly so like my house is i keep it i keep it quite cool um it's in the mid 60s usually so you know that's not really the best environment but the the bottom heat doesn't even stay on the whole time either once they get kicking and they start growing so it's a multi-step process Mm -hmm. seed comes up you know the most of the seeds come up you know let's say 60, 70% of the seeds come up, top comes off. And then once they really get growing and they're starting to really show true leaves, 
or if I need that seed mat for something else too. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. another thing. So I will pull it, but I'll leave that that heat mat on there for long as long as I can. But as soon as it gets those real leaves, it's done. Mm-hmm. I pull it out. It's over. So it's, because I don't want that seed yep. to be too comfortable, because remember these seeds are going to go outside. As my mom would say, your playhouse is coming down. I know y'all been all warm and cozy, but this ain't forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and one thing to note, though, when we talked about the you use two or three in some cases, sometimes I use two. The thing about this, and, and we're going to talk about this over the course of this series that we're doing. Um, so let's say just a nice round number. I'm on day 10. Right. So there's some things that germinated in day two. There's some things that germinated three or four or five days later, you know, and there's some things that may get to closer to that 10 day mark. If I'm waiting for that single seed to germinate that's in that seed block, um, I may run into day 10 and find myself with there's, you know, a, a damaged seedling or it didn't germinate at all. And guess what? I'm 10 days behind now. Yeah, that's okay. Well, so, it, it depends on what you're trying to do, if that's okay. Yeah, that, and that's why I start extras. So if I'm going to put, you know, this year, I think I'm planning on putting 18 broccolis out in my garden. Mm-hmm. I'll start 24 broccolis. Mm-hmm. So I have extras. And then, you know, when it comes time, we'll give it away mm-hmm. if we need to. But I want to go back... And, and so, wait, hold on. And then that works twofold. So, let's say we have one six-pack in that group that, you know, or a couple six-pack that one don't even grow at all or one dies. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world because the way I look at it is, okay, that's just going to leave me more room in my garden because I'm probably going to overcrowd anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I kind of look at that as just like it kind of helps me out. Now, I want to go back to where you're like you put multiple seeds in and then when multiples come up, you take them and you split them. I never split them ever. I cut them and like when they're growing, I go back, I have a little pair of snips and I'll just snip all of the ones around. I'll pick the strongest one. And if I sometimes like I'll slip and maybe let's say I'll put six in there, I'll go through and I'll start clipping them every couple days until I get to the strongest one because, and this is my theory and I've read this a lot, but this is just kind of my experience. I don't take that, seedling out and split it because I don't want to disturb the roots because I've done that a number of times and I pull them like, Oh, well, damn, I, I ripped a root. It's got two roots and I ripped one of them off. So now you're 50% down the amount of nutrients it can uptake. So I never, ever split. Yeah. So, um, my gut tells me that the most efficient way and maybe even the healthiest way is to snip them. Yeah, but I just I can't bring myself because I look at that as a plant. I look at that as food. It's not logical, right? I'm not saying that I always am. I I had um I brought this container in um of like a whole container of uh, seed pods, and because they they're completely dry, if I bump into something, the seeds are just kind of dropping to the ground. Itty bitty itty bitty seeds. It's like kale a kale plant, and. I had my broom and I was sweeping up and I'm like picking through what I'm sweeping up to get the seeds. Like it's a little bit unreasonable, right? Because there are thousands of seeds on that, that plant. Um, So it's that same theory. Like once I see in a part of this probably is the newness of it. Like 
there's there's life here. I've I've given life to this plant, um, but it's more work than it's probably worth, right? You know, so if I had to, if, if someone forced me to make a recommendation, I'd recommend going Ben's route, right? Um, but I, I'm transparent here. It's very hard for me to bring myself to cutting versus you know the separation again even knowing that i could be harming the roots of the plant um even knowing that i'm increasing the number of plants so i'm i'm basically going to end up with more plants than i really wanted but again i didn't say that you know things that i do really make sense yeah and i I mean the one thing and this has been my stance from day one is you and i mean i'm not really well i am saying it to you but you have to get a level of harshness when it comes to that stuff because in my theory is what that does is it kind of it's it's kind of jacked up because I'm with you. I'm like, look, I planted that seed. I paid for that seed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to waste that seed. But then on the other, if I take it and I split that seedling and I mean, we're talking about little tiny seedlings yep. mm-hmm. and if we split that, then I risk one either hurting my harvest, setting me back stressing the plan out or just not having anything at all. If I met damage it, there's way more risk than there is reward for me. Mm-hmm. And I've done that before. And the problem that I had is where I started out with, you know, six kale plants and I ended up with 30 kale plants. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with 30 yep. kale plants? You know? So then I go through all of this to grow them and then I throw them out mm-hmm. or they all shrivel up and die. Mm-hmm. So, my method is, and this is, I will never change the way I do it because it makes it a lot easier on me because one reason, big reason is I don't have time to go through and separate shit like that. And so it just makes sense for me to be done. And what that did though, is that triggered me to starting fewer and fewer seeds in each hole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I still want to have a bound, you know, a buffer so that I have them, but instead of clipping you know, 10 seedlings. Now I'm clipping one, maybe two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Now lettuce is different. So my lettuce, if I, I'll put multiple seeds in and I'll let that grow and then I'll separate that when it comes time to plant out, but I don't want to put 10 in there. I'll, you know, I might have 10 seeds in there because they usually they slip out of my hands. I got big hands, Mm -hmm. but then I'll, you know, as I'm clipping, I'm like, okay, there's three left. I'll leave them in there because how many times have you gone to the store and bought a starter pack and then out of those six plants you have 12 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know or you know 15 or something so that's a different one but generally you know for broccolis and stuff like you can't have two broccolis in the same seed cell they Not will fight each other yeah. mm-hmm. and they will dwarf one will be dwarfed and one will be mm-hmm. you know take over so makes sense yeah, I mean, this is like every conversation. more harsh. Every conversation we've had, you know, privately, like we're going to spend another ten minutes arguing the thing that we both agree on. I agree with you. I'm just telling you what I do, and I acknowledge that it doesn't make sense, and I acknowledge yeah. that I may not get to the place that probably is the best place. So basically, what's going to happen, everybody, is we're going to get off here, and then we're going to have a conversation and be like for ten, fifteen minutes. I'm not going to do it. I'm so. a flawed human being. Love oh me yeah, still. we all are. <laughs> there was only one that was perfect, and we're not him. So here, here. But that's that's super important. And so the difference that I see between one of the major differences between um, summer and spring is I don't sep goes kind of along with separating. Is I don't pot up any of these plants. 
I never pot them up. So if I, my theory is if I, if I have to pot up, I started too early. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does and that I'm, make sense? It does. And I'm still getting my feel for that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you think about it, like go to the store and go buy a six pack of broccolis and see how big they are. You know what I mean? They get pretty damn big in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's different than like a tomato or something like that where they need, they really do need to be potted up to get a stronger and stronger plant mm-hmm. out there. So I never pot up any of these plants at all. Um, I'm trying to think of anything. You know, actually, I take that back. The only thing that I would pot up, and I wouldn't even start this now, I'd be starting it for fall. It is a cool weather crop, so you could, if you were in an area, is Brussels sprouts. Mm -hmm. Those I may pot up just so I have them bigger and stronger for the season. But other than that, I can't think of anything this time of year that I've stated I would pot up. Um, Now, when it goes to timing and when to start certain seeds, this is, I start, in an order. I have a very specific order I go in. Okay. Would you like to know my order? It's kind of crazy, but... Uh, is it something that you'd recommend others follow? Sure. Okay. I yeah. mean, if I do it, I reckon. Uh, go for it. <laughs> I mean, so I start with like cabbages, broccolis, um, and then I'll wait like a week and I'll do cauliflower, <clears throat> kale, and then um, I'll wait another week and then I'll do lettuces chard stuff like that and that, what that does is that gives me a taper so the ones i start first are the ones that can take the coldest amount of weather and take the longest to grow you know so lettuce for instance it's the shortest one no i take that back and then a month before they go i put anything out then i i'll put in my turnips and my kohlrabi because i do not want them to get root bound at all i want them to be really young and so what that does is like with the lettuce like you can eat lettuce at any time in its growth stage. You know what I mean? Same with kale, really. Mm-hmm. It's not, you can cut and come again, which I'm I'm going to move away from this year, which I'm kind of worried about because I've never done that, but I think <laughs> it's going to work out okay. But it's just kind of my method of doing it. And it keeps, what it does is it keeps me in this time of year, the darkest days of winter, it keeps me in the dirt longer for a more prolonged period of time with giving me a break too, because I'm not starting seeds for eight hours straight. I'm doing a little bit and then a little bit and then a little bit. Yeah. So, um, actually it's the reverse. I started my lettuce, lettuces, uh, much earlier, right. I had lettuce start in January and I'm not sure why I did that last year, but I really, Oh, I know I did it last year. I did it last year because I, um, I wanted to actually grow it, completely grow it and harvested it indoors. Um, mm-hmm. And I put out like if a lettuce was going to form a head, I put it out where it was a full like beyond even baby leaf status. Like when I took the, the container out or when I took the seedlings out, like it was definitely edible because I did some mixtures. I did, you know, the seed uh, starting sales, but I did again have these small, narrow kind of window like containers, windowsill right. containers. And so for those, again, I I may have even transplanted some of them into it. But anyway, I, there's a picture on my Instagram where I'm like taking a this container out and I could have harvested all that lettuce before I took it outside, but it did obviously grow a bit more, right? The lettuce was a bit fuller over time once it went outside. Um, And so I'm, I did the same thing for 2022 um, because I'm a big fan of it. And there isn't, how should I say it? Like 
for a lot of these uh, vegetables, we're talking about broccoli and cauliflower and cabbage. Like it's a one shot deal. You know, I know that they're offshoots of broccoli and all, but you kind of have that one shot at it versus like, yeah. you know, and kohlrabi as well versus a not turnips, depending on if you're harvesting them for the roots. So you got that one shot, right? And for me, I want those plants to be a little bit bigger going out because they have some weather to still fight. So I planted. Yeah. Although a lot of these we're talking about now were purchased transplants in 2021. So all of those brassicas we're talking about, they went out the first week of um, April. Right. And in hindsight, I probably could have put them out a couple of weeks earlier. And that's maybe my plan this year. Not so sure. Um, But basically, whatever goes in, however many broccoli plants I put out is the maximum number of broccoli, you know, (laughs) broccoli heads that I'm going to harvest. Right. So in my mind, that's a little bit different than lettuce for whatever reason. Again, we're at the point in this life where. You turn your head to the side and you wonder, is what's going on with her? And I don't know either, but some of it's working for me. So I'm going to continue with it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I agree with what you started off with is, you know, when you put a broccoli plant out there, you know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You're going to get one head of broccoli mm-hmm. versus lettuce. You can be harvesting lettuce for months off of that one plant. Yeah. You know, now you're going to have to have multiple plants to kind of share the weight mm. but and it, and then it's the same thing so like within one square foot if you go by mel bartholomew's book square foot gardening that um young batavia got me for christmas um you can put four heads of lettuce in there you know <laughs> so well, not four heads of lettuce but four, four leaf lettuces <laughs> in there so you know you can pack in more so there's a whole lot of different so when you know when i give you my list and i'm like this is what i'm starting like for instance i started um, 36 lettuce plants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, like, damn, that's a lot. Well, that's only nine square feet of lettuce plants. Yeah. If you go by that method. So it's really not that much. Now, broccoli is a different story. You know, each broccoli takes up a square foot. I argue that it takes up more, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but it's, you know, it's again, what you put out there is what you get. Yeah. So there's some crops that are going to give you a lot more than some other crops. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Which I'm okay How's with. That make- I'm okay with. Yeah. That's actually the spacing piece is actually what's made. And I didn't list cauliflower and I didn't even come back with my rebuttal to, you know, when, once you gave your list, I didn't even come back with cauliflower cause I'm still on the fence with it. I'm also managing against like the space. And for me, cauliflower and broccoli, I take up about the same space and I prefer, prefer broccoli over cauliflower. You know, yeah. so we'll see how that goes. But lettuce is a little bit different. Like you can, you know, <laughs> I would absolutely say it and I should, but you can nip and tuck lettuce, you know, all day long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And see, that's just something, though, for me that I've learned that I don't think I can do here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that I have to grow it, cut it, grow it, cut it and just keep it constantly going like that. So but you're right. If you're cut, if you can do a cut and come again. You can do that all day long. And so it just it's when you go to lay out your seedlings for the year and what you're planning right now, you need to just take that into account. So really, as, I, as I'm speaking about this and we're talking, Batavia, I've, I've realized something. Gardening is really hard. Like it can be very difficult sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot more thought that goes into it than I think I I 
assume there would be going back many years. I'm trying to transport yeah. myself back to like 2008, 2009. And like, I, I never, I mean, I'd never believe we'd be able to talk a week, every week for an hour about gardening, not to mention all the time right. we talk about it offline. Um, yeah, there definitely is a lot more coordination and consideration to give. Um, once you move past, you know, a tomato plant and a pepper plant, you know. Yeah, I mean, you can you can make it as easy or as hard as you want. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely recognize that, like, I may have in my life overcomplicated it. And I'm OK with that. Yeah. All of the things if I said, you know, it's maybe not logical. It definitely is a lo- layer of complication that probably isn't needed. But again, I'm drawn to some of these things, right? Yeah. Um, and a part of it also is I'm giving myself some grace around, like I'm learning, right? I'm learning what my method's going to be. I'm lear- learning what I feel like works for me, what feels good for me, you know? Um, and that's okay. Forgot it. We forgot to talk about fertilizing. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I did. You know why? Yeah. Because you. <laughs> <laughs> so look, let's do this. Let's do this. We're gonna go to the recipe of the day real quick, and then let's come back and we'll we'll touch up on um, fertilizing. And this is to me, it's very to me. This is where Batavia and I are different. Mm-hmm. This is very important part of me, and I've seen great success from doing it. So um, stay t- sit tight. We're gonna go to this break and do the recipe of the day, and we'll come back. So it's time for. The recipe of the day. If you guys want some backyard gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show. So thank you so much in advance and we hope you enjoy. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram and we will share it with our listeners. All right, we're going to get in and out. Are we doing the seed starting mix as the recipe of the day or no? I'll do that afterwards. Okay. All right, so real quick, we still have some sweet potatoes from our sweet potato harvest. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We're going to do a sweet and spicy roasted sweet potato. Uh, So take a either date night size sweet potato. Check out Young Ben and Backyard Gardens TV YouTube for that reference. Uh, so a sizable sweet potato or something a little bit smaller is fine. You're going to wash it up, clean it up good, cut it in half. Um, you're going to score the sweet potato, right? Uh, we're getting this ready to go into the oven. Preheat your oven to about 425 degrees. Um, you're going to score the sweet potato because you want some of the goodness we're going to talk about in just a second to get inside of it. Um, so take a bit of oil. If you're conscious about this, you know, make the adjustment, but take a bit of oil and you're going to rub that oil, olive oil, as an example, you can do avocado oil if you want, um, all over both the skin and the actual flesh of the potato. Um, you're going to bake this, um, uncovered for about 30 35 minutes you want to let it get tender right um so once it's to the point of tender like you would eat a regular baked potato you're going to take it out 
I, as a preference, like to, because we're going to drizzle some honey on this, I like to put some honey into a small dish and put it in the microwave to warm it up because I want it to be kind of super um, pliable, if you will. You could always use maple syrup for this instead of honey. Um, We're going to sprinkle the drizzle of the honey, sprinkle a little bit of chili powder. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And a little bit uh, for the spice cayenne pepper as well um so to your liking right and then my favorite thing to do is sweet potatoes that i just discovered a few years ago and i'm mad that i haven't always done it do some crushed pecans if you candy those things you'll eat this like all the time but you don't have to take that extra step just some crushed pecans or chopped if you will over the top it just changes things so yeah Sweet and spicy roasted sweet potatoes. So can I tell you that for Christmas I got a uh, bottle of um, ch- honey chili sauce, which is the exact same thing of what you said, mm-hmm. just in a bottle, and I'd never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it yet, mm-hmm. so and now I know because I have a bunch of sweet potatoes. Yeah. Um. All right. So you know what? I'm gonna I want to make sure that we have time to go through the fertilizing. Okay. And then we'll come back. So. Um, what I do is I, I get a slow release fertilizer, I use organic fertilizer. And the reason why, and I've, I've discussed this a thousand times on here, but I'm going to do it again. <clears throat> organic fertilizer, like um, a granule organic fertilizer, has to start to decompose in the soil before it releases its nutrients. Okay, so it's, it's not time released per se, but it is time released in the way nature works. So you, you can use like a miracle Grow or something like that, but that's a synthetic fertilizer and it's going to feed immediately, which will help burn your, which will, can cause to burn your plants. Mm-hmm. So what I do, as soon as I get my first true leaves, I mean, I may put a quarter of a teaspoon in all of my seed cells and just organic for, they even have a, a seed starter organic, um, fertilizer Mm -hmm. you can do that as well and i'll just put like a quarter teaspoon in that and then a couple weeks later like you'll start to see see things grow and then i was using um i was using osmocote for a long time and that's a little ball fertilizer it's in a time release but i'm pretty sure that the balls are plastic and so yes they break down but they leave microplastics Mm -hmm. and i didn't really want to continue that problem for our planet so i'm moving mm-hmm. away from that for this and just going to use the same fertilizer that i use out in my garden um if you want to give it a quick boost you can super super dilate um dilute fish seaweed fertilizer like a liquid fertilizer you can put i'll put like a teaspoon of that in a two liter bottle and do like i think it's 104 seedlings mm-hmm. with that and I'll, I'll do that so um, and then that will just help keep it growing. So once you get that first dose in there and you really see them taking off, then you can put a little bit more in, but you don't need to put a whole lot in. And to go, we, we did skip over watering as well. And we both bottom water, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's where those trays come into that. I just pour in yeah. and it soaks it up. So <clears throat> um, issues, fungus gnats. Everybody has a question about fungus gnats. I don't give a shit about fungus gnats. You know, whatever. If it bothers me, what I do is I get a little dish um, 
I'll take like you can go. I have one that I've had for years. You go to like Lowe's or Home Depot and get the little plastic dishes. They're like mm-hmm. four inches diameter and you know maybe an inch or two deep, something like that. And I'll put um, dish detergent in there and set it on each single um, tray, mm-hmm. not tray, but each shelf. And then they'll they'll get into that and get stuck. But you just if you see a lot of fungus gnats, just hold back your watering. You know, you yeah. don't want to keep things saturated. But yeah. at the end, you're going to be, when it's time to go outside, you're going to be watering a lot because they're going to be filled with roots. Yeah. So rapid fire in response. Um, I do not um, generally, these last two years, I've not fertilized my seedlings, not because I don't think that it's worthwhile. It's just the lazy part of me. Um, not yeah. wanting to start a routine and trying to get those seedlings out of the door without that. Um, the fungus gnats drive me wild. Um, it absolutely is tied to overwatering, you know. So on occasion, I have that issue with my um, houseplants. And so a remedy for that to meet you where you are when it comes to the bleach, um, like the the quarter pint uh, mason jars. I'll take one of those, put some vinegar, clear or apple cider into it, and then fill it up right up to the brim, cover it with saran wrap, poke holes, like pin size holes in that saran wrap. I'm putting a rubber band around it to hold the saran wrap uh, or cling wrap and poke little bitty holes. And the same thing that you do, I'll put it on the shelves to collect those things when they occur. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, be careful of leaving standing water, you know, in your yeah. seat starting trays. Um, and then what was the last thing you you mentioned? Watering. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same idea. Uh, watering from the bottom. Um, Why do you water from the bottom? Because I'm nervous that I may um, kind of over water so in my mind it's going to suck up the water that it needs and then i can pull it out you know dump the water it's a little bit messy sometimes but i can dump the water out and keep on moving especially at the very beginning i don't want to dislodge seeds as well and it's just something that's kind of out of sight out of mind for at least a couple hours for me yeah so i do it number one i don't do it in the beginning to dislodge seeds Mm -hmm. and then number two i do it because it's cleaner Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i usually make sure like i'll put in um i have a two liter bottle that i keep um, it's the same one I've been using it for like four years now and I'll fill it up and then I'll fill four trays with that two liter bottle split between those four trays. And that usually does me a little good. I could probably cut back, but you know, whatever. And so talking about that and then talking about fertilizing, there is one reason why we don't have to fertilize right away when I use my seed starting mix. Mm-hmm. And that's because it has compost in it. Yep. And so what the seed starting mix is, it's three parts peat moss, one part compost, and then a half a part, which I don't even know if that exists, but that's what it's perlite. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, and you can adjust that as you see fit. You know, you could put a little bit more compost in, a little bit more perlite. I think this time I put too much perlite in, mm-hmm. but the perlite's for drainage, the compost is for feeding it, and then the, the peat moss is to hold moisture. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of nutrients in there, but there's not a lot. Yeah. So it's enough to keep it, get it going because the seed by design, by God himself has enough nutrients in it to get that seed going. And then the compost is going to give a little bit more. And then we're going to add a little bit to it if you feel so fit to do so. And then that'll keep it going. And that's really, 
the basis of it. Now, all of the stuff that I do, I buy big bags of it mm-hmm. and I screen it all. Mm-hmm. So I get the big chunks out of it and stuff like that. So there is a little bit of work to it, but I did a, I, I posted something on Instagram and it was, I did a whole batch of it and I believe it cost me $10 and that'll allow me to start, um, five to 600 seedlings. Mm-hmm. So that'll be about spring into part of summer seedlings. Or it'll be my first batch of spring, summer, and then I'll le- creep into my second summer sowing with that. So that's really cheap. Yeah, for sure. So sure, For sure. Um, if you go back to two bags of the seed starting mix in my neighborhood, is $10. And that's not going to give you nearly as many seedlings that, as you're talking no. about. Final notes from me on that is uh, one of the reasons why I tested out potting soil is like I should have to pot up because um, the potting up is, you know, it's gotten too big for what it's growing in, but also you want to put it in a place that has some nutrients. So that was my logic for it. You know, so price potting soil is still cheaper than the amount of seed starting mix. And then the same reasons why I'm leaning towards your mix as my third <laughs> kind of option is the price. And then I'm going to add some compost to that as well. Not my own. Uh, and <clears throat> I, I want to be able to kind of feed those seedlings. This is all in an attempt to not fertilize. I know. I know. I didn't say it made sense. So I don't use my own compost either. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, yeah, yeah. I buy a bag of compost for ease. So, um, I actually take that back this time. I did use my compost because I couldn't find the compost I wanted, Mm -hmm. but generally I go and I get, um, I'm not going to say your name. I'm sorry, company. You're going to have to call me, (laughs) but I'm not going to, you know, it's already screened and everything. Mm -hmm, And so basically mm -hmm. when you dig in it, it's just nice fluffy dirt. So you don't really have to do anything to it. Um, or I, I call it dirt, but compost. And so that just makes it easier. So um, I did it this year with my own compost because I do want to move into that direction because I want to do as much as I can coming from my garden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when you're making a batch of it, I mean, one part compost. It, I believe that the time savings of me buying a bag of compost would have been worth the price mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of me going over there and getting a little bit and, mm-hmm, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. So. Um, and it's important that when you do it too, that you want it to be dry because what, if you're going to make this, you're going to store it and then you're going to keep it dry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what, what I'll do as well is I'll, I'll continue to give this recipe throughout the seed starting series at the end so that there's a chance for people to get it because I like it. It works well for me. Mm-hmm. And when I deviated from it, I had terrible results. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So okay, there's that, but, um, that's it. That's, that's spring seeds. Can you believe it? Oh, sorry. I I had to reach over my lunch cheesecake for that. (laughs) (laughs) She's living her best life, everybody. Yeah, man. I can't stay up uh, late enough to eat this stuff as dessert, so I'm just doing it like midday. So, everybody, I hope... Well, first of all, I hope that you enjoyed the fact that I used the S word. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spring. Mm Mm-hmm. How many days until spring? I don't know. Like... It's When's like this episode coming out? Forty-five days or something. This is going to be nothing, February third is when it airs. And when is spring? Like March twenty-first. Yeah. Oh, let's see. So far, it's not though. March twentieth. Yeah. Okay. That's in your mind. My mind is processing this differently. 
Yeah. Well, and you know, if you start these seeds and we plant them like they're supposed to, your spring starts earlier. Yeah, okay. That's a way to look at Just it. Just saying. <laughs> That's how I look at it. All right, everybody. Stay safe. Um, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I enjoyed talking to you guys. Um, check out our links below. Batavia, do you want to tell anybody anything? See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.